We are uh, this morning going to, uh, we're going to step out of our series in John. Uh, I'm going to jump back in next week uh, for one Sunday uh, before our missions conference. Uh, But this morning, um, we have done something over the last few years, uh, and that is on an annual basis, uh, we have uh, revisited our covenant, which is our, our sort of our shared purpose and commitments as a church body. And we called it Covenant Sunday, and I loved it. I thought it was great. And then uh, we found out after a few years went by that people were skipping church on Covenant Sunday because it was so boring. And I was sad about that, you know, because I'm a real Christian, so I care about those things. But <laughs> No, we, uh, the goal is, uh, the goal with Covenant Sunday has been to uh, revisit and reaffirm our shared commitment and purpose as a church, as a, as a group of believers. But uh, coming into this year, it's been on my heart uh, actually for a little while now, and uh, wanted to head in a, uh, I, I wouldn't say a different direction, but add something to it. I want to broaden the focus of this time, and we will continue to have this Sunday every year. I want to broaden this focus to more than just looking again at what it means to be our church and to be a part of our church broaden that to uh, the, the bigger issue of renewal. What I want to do this morning is I want to uh, look at the topic of renewal and look at it on three different fronts. Um, I mentioned this last week. Um, for many of you here, uh, your work, your, uh, maybe your family schedule, um, your school schedule, Uh, whether you are in school or you have children in school, for many of you here, you lead a very uh, seasonal lifestyle, right? Meaning there are some significant shifts that happen as the seasons change. Is that fair enough? My job as a pastor in the summer months is very different than in the winter months. Uh, My role as a dad Uh, in the summer months uh, is very different than it is during the school year. It looks very different. Uh, Honestly, even uh, my role as a husband changes. Uh, My wife is an avid gardener. I love to sport fish. And so for June, July, and August, we don't see each other. We just don't even talk. (laughs) No. (laughs) We we do have uh, separate activities in the summer that, in truth, do take us in different directions, Um, and it's just a different schedule during the summer months, and then when we come back in the fall as our kids jump back into school, as my uh, ministry responsibilities, as far as weekly management of responsibilities picks up, everything changes again. And what I find is that in the midst of all of that, which is normal, which is good, in the midst of all of that, uh, I, I naturally and effortlessly slowly move away from the things that I tell myself are the most important to me. That in the midst of, of, of just living my life and doing all the things associated with that, going through those seasons and experiencing those seasonal shifts, in the middle of all of that, I find it so easy 
to lose sight or to lose touch or even just to lose my enthusiasm for the things that I know to be, that I claim, to, that, that I claim are uh, the most important to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go way out on a limb and guess that I'm not the only one that has experienced that. Uh, what I want to do this morning is, uh, again, we're stepping out of John. I'm going to look at a, just a couple of passages of Scripture that challenge us to uh, take, a, take a moment, to take a breather, to step back, to look at our life for a minute together, for a few minutes together, and to pursue renewal. I want you to know that we are not talking about renewing our salvation. Well, there's a couple of you that may want to consider that, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, We're not talking about renewing the promises of God. Those are permanent. Those are reliable. Uh, Those are unchanging. What I'm talking about is renewing my my, uh, commitment, my enthusiasm, my inspiration, my focus, uh, my determination to pursue again in new ways and to recommit myself to the things that I know to be most valuable because what time has done and will do again is slowly move me away from those things. And oftentimes, personally, I just make an adjustment, and then another week goes by, or another month, or another year, and I have to make an adjustment again. For us this morning, this is just us collectively saying, let's, let's make an adjustment. Let's renew some things together and, and look at a couple of things and ask ourselves some questions. It is entirely upon us to renew at regular interval our fervor for God and his purposes that by nature tends to wane as the pressures of life mount. This, this morning, will be one small step. And you must take this step many more times. We must renew again and again and again as we fight against the forces of indifference and apathy, as we fight against the forces of fear in our life or of shame, all of which so easily corrupt and diminish our enjoyment of God and our pursuit of him. So, are you ready? You ready to look at three areas of renewal? This is what I want you to do. I need you to have some way to write something down. If you don't have a pen and a paper, pull out your mobile phone, and I'll trust that you're not texting. Instagram is fine, but no texting. I want you to be able to write a couple of things down, to make a note for yourself. If you don't, if you're not, if that's not your MO, um, 
It's fine if you want to leave and then later put some things down. But I want, I want there to be some, some concrete tangibility to our commitments today. Number one, I want you to invite you this morning to renew personal devotion. That is for you as an individual to look again at what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to ask yourself the question, how can I take a step toward renewing my love for the Lord, to pursuing it afresh? I want to read you a passage, and it's a difficult passage, um, to be honest. Um, and yet there is a, a stern warning that is valuable for us to consider. Revelations 3, beginning in verse 15, this is uh, the resurrected Christ, the angel of God speaking. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. Uh, I know your deeds. Not, I know uh, your, your feeling about things. I know your convictions. He says, I know your deeds. I can, I can watch the things that you do. And my observation is that by, by observing your deeds is that you are neither cold nor hot. Cold or hot are both going in a direction Hot is running one direction. Cold is running the other direction. He says, you're really not running in either direction. You're stationary. I wish that you were one or the other. Because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And here it is. Verse 17, because you say, I'm rich, I have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. Can we be honest enough with each other to acknowledge that we live in a time and a place and a culture where the, we have been afforded certain comforts that although we appreciate, also tend to have a sedating effect on our sense of need for God? Is that fair? I can leave here this morning, and I can make it all the way till next Sunday morning, never once acknowledging God or his presence in my life. I can show back up here, and guess what? No one would be the wiser. Well, I would be a wiser. <laughs> Listen, this is serious. I'm rich. I become wealthy. I, I need nothing. And my, my, my sense of, of not needing anything has sedated my need for God. It has had a, it has had a dampening effect on my 
on my feeling, that sensation of needing the Lord and knowing that I need him. Because in practical ways, his blessings in my life have become the things that lead me away. You do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And so I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich, that you would go after God and the things that truly do matter, the things that are, are really truly of worth, of eternal and lasting value, that you would go after those things. And the only place to find those things is from the Lord. It says, I advise you that you would come to me for riches, those riches that when refined by the fire of passing from this life in eternity will remain for eternity so that you may become truly wealthy. I advise you to get white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed, that you would pursue holiness anew, that in whatever small area of your life right now that you have been unwilling to say yes to him, that you today would say yes, yes, I will obey, yes, I will do that thing that you have been asking me to do. I will put on white garments. I advise you to get eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. God, could you give me the capacity? even if for a brief moment, to see clearly your true worth and to see clearly the horror of life apart from you. Give me the capacity to see what is really real. What has diminished your vision? What is it that is taking your attention away, making it harder for you to see? Again, we live in a time where the slow creep of technology invades every corner, every quiet place of our lives, and begins to uh, have this shaping effect on our mental capacity to be still and quiet before the Lord. Today we see more than we've ever seen. And so much of it is not real. God, give me eyes to see. I actually have an app on my phone 
that blocks me, the phone's owner, out of other apps during certain times of the day. You know why? Because I am not disciplined enough to do that on my own. And what happens is, is I, is I, my, my eyes are seen, and I'm not even talking about temptation. That's a whole nother thing, right? And I have, I have safeguards in place for that as well. But what I'm talking about is just distraction by a thousand inane small things that don't matter, but have, have consumed my available mental capacity, my emotional energy, the minutes that I have in the day to pursue the Lord. And he says, I know your deeds. And my evaluation of your deeds is that you live a lukewarm life. And I wish that you were running in one direction or the other. Verse 19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. You need to understand that repentance um, is not an apology, although it can include that. Repentance is a change of direction by exactly 180 degrees. Repentance is when I go, you know what? I'm done going this direction, and now I'm going to go this direction. That's repentance. So, so be zealous and repent. Change directions. So let me ask you a question. What is one practical action step that you could take going forward from today to renew personal devotion? What's one thing that you could do? I want you to take a minute. I want you to write something down. If nothing quickly comes to mind, ask the Lord. Lord, what's one thing that I could do? What's that step that I could take, whether it be removing something out of my view whether it be saying yes to you in obedience, whether it be pursuing you in a new way with greater discipline, with fervor, what is that thing? What is the next step that I could take right now? I'm going to commit to that as I renew my own personal devotion to seek you. I want to offer a warning. This is not from the Lord. This is from Aaron Weiser. Well, I shouldn't say it's not from the Lord. You can decide that part. Uh, if you're here as husband and wife or girlfriend and boyfriend or anything romantic, um, uh, don't demand to see your significant other's answers. Just let them be private. And if, they wanna, if, if your spouse wants to share them with you, that's fine. But let this be between individuals and the Lord. That's okay. No, that's not the thing you need to do, honey. But you're close. <laughs> Just hear from the Lord. No one's going to hold you to it. It's upon you. Renew your own personal devotion. Be zealous and repent. Change direction. Number two, this morning, I want to challenge you to renew corporate commitment. 
I understand that the word corporate has a lot of connotations associated with it that might make that a little bit confusing. So to be clear, all I mean by corporate is our collective commitment or maybe to say it even better, our commitment to the collective, to the body, to the church. God, I want to love your imperfect people, your imperfect church, your imperfect bride in a way that is pleasing to you. I want the proof of my faith to be realized through my commitment to sacrifice for your body, your church. Ephesians 5, 25 and following, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be whole. But he is working now to sanctify his church as, as his bride, as a gift. Jesus died for the church, gave his life for the church, sent his spirit to the church, and is returning for his church. I've addressed this before, it's been a while, but I've heard a statement made many times, if I was the only one on earth, Jesus would have died for me. No. I wouldn't die for my wife's finger if that was the only thing left. Because it's not her. It's only a part. And we live in an individualized culture that says that my significance supersedes the significance of the whole. And yet, read through the New Testament, Christ died for the church collective and is returning for the church, which together in its various pieces constitutes one whole that he is sanctifying into holiness for his prize. He loves the church. And all of our explanations as to why his bride it's not deserving of our service and sacrifice. All of our rationales will be revisited when we stand before him. So tell me again why my bride was not worthy of your service and sacrifice. Tell me again what that standard was The church is not just a group of Christian people spending time together. The church, as it is presented in the scripture, is a diverse and structured organism with divinely appointed roles, 
with an explicit authority structure and the constant exchange of resources. That is the church. It's all of us and all of the stuff we do together. It's people in charge. It's people serving. It's the giving of money and time. That's the church. And in all of that imperfection, we honor God in the way that we love his church. Just a couple nights ago, I had what I've had many times before. I had an incredibly stressful church dream. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, and I don't even remember the specifics of my dream. I just remember it was church-related, and everything was a mess. And I woke up with an anxiety that is not typical for Aaron Weiser. And I laid awake, which is also not typical for Aaron Weiser. You know what? I know there's a cost. I know there's a personal price that every single individual here has paid to renew again and again their commitment to the church, to the bride of Christ, to the body. I know you've paid a price. And we do so with joy because we know the eternal value of loving what God loves, of serving who he has served. I invite you today to renew your commitment to love the church to see what God sees, to see with his eyes, and to sacrifice, to serve with joy the church. So take a minute, write down, what is one action step? What is the next step for me to renew corporate commitment, to love the church as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her? What would I do next? Number three, I invite you this morning to renew mission focus. To renew mission focus. Paul, in talking to his, uh, his disciple, his protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, he says, For this reason... I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline, or some of yours might say, and of a sound mind. Timothy, I need to remind you, it is upon you to kindle afresh to renew your commitment to walking in the calling of God on your life, to, to living consistent with the gifts of God that he has given to you for his church. 
to kindle afresh. That term, to kindle, uh, is actually can also be used to uh, roust a horse for battle. To kindle afresh, to renew, to, to add energy back to our mission. And it's so simple. We are called to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. We are called to love the people that God has put in our life in the same way. And as that commitment transforms my approach to all of my relationships, I'm called to share that good news, to share that blessing, to make it available to others. I know for me, I have to renew mission focus in the context of my own home, with my own children in their formative years. God has some intentions for them, and I'm called to be a part of that. And it's so easy to let some of those priorities slide, isn't that? To let my commitment with my own family to lead them into the calling and purposes of God. It's so easy for that flame to diminish. Oh, man. In the words of Tim Kimmel, the days are long and the years are short. We are but a breath and we stand before him. Through our own work and through our work relationships, that we would renew mission focus. We would honor the Lord, do what is pleasing to him in that environment. And that in regards to those who are far from God, in those relationships where maybe you've given up hope, you've run out of things to say, you've run out of prayers to pray, that you today would renew mission focus. God, it is my desire that they would know you through me. I'm recommitting. What is the next action step that I must take to renew mission focus in my life? Just don't get crazy. Pick one area. What's one thing that I could do going forward to renew mission focus, to kindle afresh the gift of God, the dreams of God, the calling of God in me? Why? Because God has not given me a spirit of timidity, but a power and of love and Discipline. I'm going to do two things right now. Uh, I'm going to ask a couple of gals. They're going to hand out the covenants, uh, our church covenant. You can look that over. Our church covenant is just simply a document that states for us our shared purposes, our shared commitments as a church, uh, states for us what it means to be a part of Church on the Rock Homer. You can look that over. If you want to take it home with you, you can. Um, 
But this is a, it's a moment of devotion for us as a church that we started in year one, that we would again look this over and, and, and in, the, in a simple little tangible way, this small act of putting my name on this paper, I'm just saying, yeah, let's do this again. Let's go after it together. I'm, I'm in, I'm on board, and I want to be a part Uh, while they're handing those out, I'm going to invite uh, our elders and wives, and uh, I'm going to invite Drew and Sarah uh, to come and join me up here, just here along the stage of the, uh, along the front. Uh, we're going to spend a few moments in prayer together, uh, praying, prayer of renewal uh, for us as a church, for us as the body of Christ here. Have you guys come right over here? And then pass it to you, and then you can pass it to Chris. Let's, uh, if you guys could uh, stand with me. Let's join together, come before the Lord uh, as we renew ourselves as his church. Um, There's something I want to ask you to do as we pray for you. I would like you to agree with us Mm. and to put your own name as we pray. Um just for a, uh, a way to really personalize what we're going to be praying for, for each one of you. So, Father, we, we come before you and, and we, we ask that uh, you would intervene in our lives, that you would make us more aware of people around us, and that... Uh, you would give us divine appointments and that you would allow us to have access to your Holy Spirit for discernment to reach into other people's lives. Lord, uh, we need a deeper commitment from each one of us uh, to build our relationship with you to be more effective. So we pray that your Holy Spirit would prompt us and encourage us and to allow us to open our eyes more, have better hearing, and be able to meet the needs of this community and allow us to uh, just reach out and show the love of Jesus. Help us to love better. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Lord, the word that's burning in my heart this morning that you've put into me is is invitation. Lord, you had 12 disciples. You invited them into a relationship. Then you had 72 that you sent out and you invited them into your world, 
to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. And they, they welcomed that invitation and they went out and did the things you invited them to do and they came back with joy. They were so excited. And I hear your spirit inviting the church to, to join you in making disciples, to join you into even coming on Sundays, to, to, to join you in worship, to enjoy, enjoy the, the, just the, the, the loving, the unlovables. You invite us to love each other. And all we have to do is say yes. Some of us, we have to turn the different direction to say yes. But you invite us into that. You give us the power if we say yes to your invitation. From this day forward, Lord, help us. Amen. Uh, I lived in Hawaii for seven years. It took me like two years to figure out after living there that there's essentially no seasons in Hawaii. It's always sunny, it's always hot, which sounds amazing, but like we had this summer after three months, you know, a cloudy day is not too bad. I actually found that I missed the seasons because there was a natural sense of I have the time right now for the season right now, and there's another season coming, but I need to make the most of the season right now. So that's your invitation uh, this morning. Respond to the Lord. The season right now in front of you, what is it that God is speaking to you? What does renewal look like for you, for your family, and for your community? Say yes to Jesus and respond to him this morning.